This episode is brought to you by Visit Williamsburg. In Williamsburg, Virginia, there's never too much of a good thing. Whether you're a foodie, a golfer, a history buff, a shopaholic, an outdoor enthusiast, or a thrill seeker, you'll find what you came for here and more. So ask yourself, what is it you want? Discover Williamsburg and plan your trip at visitwilliamsburg.com. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Prison was the right place at the right time. Yeah. Prison saved my life. Back when we had books like True to the Game by Terry Woods, The Coldest Winter Ever, Sister Soldier, There Was Be More Careful by Shannon Holmes. I go get a dictionary, start writing this book. I had the audacity to have somebody look at it. It was a couple of things I never questioned in my life, and, he, he, and what he told me was one of them. I went to commissary, got a dictionary thesaurus, and I never looked back. So the guys in the prison yard, they told me, they said, Joe, we're going to have a book signing in the prison yard. You're going to sign your books over that garbage, and we're going to throw it in this garbage. What I'm going to be is not up to you or me. It's up to my God and what I believe in. And I went back, and I, wrote, I locked in, and I wrote my book. How long did it take you? Like nine months, like the birth of a baby. I went to sleep with headaches. How am I going to get her out of this situation realistically? So she gave me a $10,000 event. event. Everybody in the jail is reading your book. Everybody in the jail is reading my book. Because it was dudes in jail, man that could literally write circles around me. Wow. But when it was all said and done, I was that guy. What's good, my name is Chris Styles. it's Traveling Anonymous. Welcome back, welcome back. Thank you everybody that's been tapping in, keeping the movement moving. I'm just so excited to be here with my next guest. Uh, just so excited to be bringing y'all these gems and these episodes. Please don't hesitate, DM me, I DM you back. Write me, I'll write you back. Um, please rate Traveling Anonymous on that podcast, five stars, give us a nice comment. Make sure you follow Breaksbeat Media. Make sure you follow Trapping Anonymous. Make sure you follow Chris Styles. Do remember that the stories that you hear do not necessarily reflect real life. They're here to entertain, educate, or just keep the little homie off the streets. It's only entertainment. Please don't get me indicted. My name is Chris Styles. If you want this merch, please hit me up. Let's get it. What's up, man? What's up, bro? How you feeling? I'm good. How does a man go from prison to a number one selling book? I mean, God, it's probably the only way you can explain it. I was at the right place at the right time. Like, you know, I worked. I mean, I worked, but. Prison but, was the right place at the right time. Yeah. Prison saved my life. I speak to a lot of people, and one of the things that I hear them say is prison is a form of rehabilitation if you let it. Um, you felt like you was re rehabilitated in prison. I, I can't really say that. I mean, because you go through the programs, you start playing the game. It's mm -hmm. a game. Mm -hmm. How am I going to get out of here? So I play the game to get out of there. I'll go to the program, do what they tell me to do, and they let me out. Once I figured that part out, it was just a revolving door for me. How long were you in prison for? 11 years, two threes and a five. This is just something you was... Back and forth and no. Why? Hustling. Hustling. That was my, that was my, uh, 
my Achilles heel or the black man's Achilles heel. Back yeah. then, you know, I grew up a little a time, mm-hmm. not when the scamming, this is when the drugs were more prevalent. The scammers, you know, they got the streets messed up right now. They tw- they hit a button, 20000 they got 20000 mm. The next day, like, you really had to stand on the block to get that kind of money. Mm. Were you getting that kind of money? Uh, I was with people that was getting more than that kind of money, though. Mm-hmm. You know what I mean, myself? But it's, 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 it's a pecking order. It's, 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 it's a chain to that success, man. And, you know, it's just like, you know, the big people don't want you to get so big. And you got to be in the right place at the right time, too. The height of your street success, what was the average day? How much was you making? Man, I can't say that we was... Uh, at the height of my success, I was in Washington, D.C. I, I don't know. I seen a lot of money go through my hands coming through the spot. Like, mm-hmm. we might have seen 10000 that night. Mm-hmm. You know what I'm saying? 15000 on the on first or something like that. But was that mine? No. Mm-hmm. No, we was, it was a team. It was to the bread was being broken from him to me to, to the guy. Mm-hmm. You know what I'm saying? Okay. So, but it was, but it was enough to keep hustling. Oh yeah, oh yeah. It was there was money in the streets back then. We talking about the eighties. This is the eighties. Yeah, we talking about the eighties, early nineties. The, the money now is only pizza and sneaker money in the street right now. Going to jail didn't bother you. Uh, they say only two things stop you, prevent you from doing something: hell, your spiritual belief, or your fear of jail. And if you can get past those two things, you can do anything. Mm. So once you go to jail the first time. You know what it's heading for. Mm-hmm. So you're not scared no more. That, that fear is gone. Why, why, why was never getting a job and taking that route? Why was that never for you? It's funny because I was never, I was never raised like that. So I come from a middle class family. You know, uh, my father worked transit. My mother worked for the city. Actually, I had a job for the city. But I never got to get it because when I turned 19, I was in a state correctional facility. So my mother, when I called home, my mother said, you're the transit just called here for you. So my father had my life all mapped out. And I could still hear the pain in her voice, like, transit just called it. Because I took the test when I was 16, passed it. So they just go down the list, bloop, 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 bloop. From the high score to the bottom, who's there? And scratch you off the list. So my, my, you know, I was never supposed to be hustling. Mm. But it was something, you know, I grew up in the era of a pandemic not a pandemic, but an epidemic, epidemic, which was crack cocaine. And we had never seen nothing like that before, unless we got to go back to the 60s and heroin. Mm-hmm. So when that hit, it was just, you was just seeing dudes getting rich overnight. Like, it, it was nothing like it. I've never seen nothing since like it. Who were some of the uh, legends on the street that you brushed shoulders with or just got to see and just admire? Or... I mean, we all went to Harlem because if you're a Bronx hustler, you're going to go to Harlem and see those, the rich porters and the, and the outposts. And, you know, you see these people live and how people flock to them and stuff like that. So we all been to Harlem and at the rooftop, the rink, you Willie's saw that. Burgers. You saw them. Yeah, they're, it... they're my age. They're my, in my age group, yeah. yeah. And what, what 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 was it like, sort of watching them, sort of navigate the streets? And... It was just a it was just a beautiful time in the street. Everybody wanted to get money. Wow. Everybody it was people that was robbing. It was just a beautiful time in the street at that time, man. It was like you always had that carrot dangling over your head, like that could be me. That could be me. Yeah. So that's what you never thought. You never thought about the flip side. You could also be dead. We don't think about that. Mm-mm. We always think about how it works. Yeah. Out. So you know, like I always like I always said, man, the streets took better men than me. So what was what was I thinking about? Mm. You know what I'm saying? That's how warped your mind becomes. You're always trying to get that that next run, that last run, not thinking 
It could be your last run. You're a slick talker, dog. <laughs> <laughs> nah, you know they say, nah. They say, um, you, yo, the, the most intelligent, brightest, smoothest cats sitting in jail. Yeah. Some of the smartest people I've ever met in my life or in prison just choose to use their wits for criminal pursuits. Mm. You know, some of the most highly intelligent dudes, man. They say, they say prison is the second highest, highest institute of learning on the face of this earth mm. outside of college. I can see that. It is some, it is some, some beautiful minds in it. And, you know, they just, they don't do nothing with it. They just do, it, they, they all form for criminality. You know, they give them the energy and effort for that. When did you, when did you feel like, okay, I could be a writer? I met a kid in jail who just changed my life. Just talking to him. He had, wrote, he had written three books and everybody in the jail was talking about him. Huh. So it goes a little bit deeper for me and him. I was, I was with him on the street. Uh, we, our paths crossed on the street. But he was probably like 14 or, or 16 at the time. Right in three books? No. Okay. On, on the streets. Oh, on the streets. Gotcha. I didn't see him till like maybe four years later. His, his physical appearance had changed. Mm. And he, we started talking. We're like, yo, where you from? Blah, blah. I'm like, Divine? He like, yeah. Yo, Sean, we still be kicking it and stuff like that. So I'm like, damn. And he had got shot right in front of my face. And everybody thought it was me because we got the same rain jacket on. How did, how did that happen? Oh, it was a New York beef. We was mm. out of town. And, you know, a lot of dudes, they, they never been out of town. They never been out of town move. So, you know, when you come into town, you know, they want to fuck all the girls. They want to mm. get all the money. Leave a man no recourse but to kill you. Mm. But they were just starting, you know, they were just a little bit younger. So I knew to stay away from them. I knew that association breeds similarity. Mm. So with that being said, did everybody already think that everybody from New York know each other? Mm -hmm. Just because you see me talking to them, I don't know them. They're like, you know LL Cool J? No. Mm -hmm. You know how big New York is? Mm -hmm. So I would just stay shy away from them dudes. Yo, what up from a distance? Mm -hmm. I'm trying to get money with the, with the people who live in the town, break bread with them. That was my, but they were trying to stand out, not fit in. Mm -hmm. And that's why. And it was a shootout that night. I came back, it was a shootout. And uh, a, a good dude got hit. Mm. And when a good dude gets hit in a shootout, it galvanizes people that ain't got nothing to do with nothing. Mm. Nothing to do with the drug crane. They're like, nah, these new niggas got to go now. They hit such and such. And that's what it became. So I stepped back in. The next day, I stepped back in. He's like, yo, I got to tell you something. I'm like, what? Yo, such and such got shot. I'm like, what? Yo, yo him of all people? I knew it was a, wasn't a good look. So... As we walk past the alley, I see a bunch of dudes huddled up. I go like, yo, what up? They give me the, any other time, like, yo, what's mm -hmm, up, blah, blah, mm -hmm. blah. That just sent a little chill down my soul. I said, yo, that don't, I said to him, I said, yo, that ain't, yo, that shit, yo, niggas is up to something. It's like they, we caught them scheming, mm -hmm. right? And by the time we got to the next alleyway open, Dude came around the back of the house and was like, yo, I'm like, <laughs> talking to you. He was talking, I don't know who he was talking to. He was pointing the gun at both of us. Right. He was standing right next to each other. Right. He got hit. He, yeah, he took off. Boom, pop, pop. Ah, ah. After that, I sped off in the house. And this doesn't make you want to get off the streets? Nah, because that wasn't, <laughs> it wasn't for me. I was always a good dude wherever I was it at. It was for him. Yeah, it was for him. Because of the person his, that got hit. His involvement with the shooting the night before. Got you. Okay. You see this dude in jail. He sees you. He writes three books. And his whole appearance has changed. 
Yeah. So it's like you're talking to a completely different person. Yeah, but we know, but we know each other. So I'm like, yo, Devon, Bob, oh, yeah, oh, sure, yeah. So we talking and uh, meet the guy, uh, talk to him. And I just think of myself, a thought runs through my head. Like, I'm smarter than this dude. Mm. I live longer. Mm. I've done more things and I saw more things. And plus, when I ran the streets, I ran the streets with dudes not my age. I ran the streets with eight to ten years my peers. Mm. So your mind was, was a little bit different. Like, right. I was exposed to things that maybe they wasn't exposed to. This wasn't my first move. Right. This was my second out-of-town move or my third out-of-town move by that time. Right. So I knew how to move. Right. They, didn't, they was just like young kids and doing what they wanted. It was like being at camp for them. Right. You know what I'm saying? And prison never bothered you. Uh, it, it had its moments, man. You know what I'm saying? I heard people say, yo, you're pretty happy to be here. I'm like, nah, I could be, I could be worse, worse places I could be. So that effect, like my father always told me, he said, yo, I can come see you in jail. I can't come see you in the graveyard. Mm. Okay. So you're like, I can do this. You, so you get a pen and a pa uh, paper and you start writing. Yeah. Actually, I go, I, go get a, I go get a legal pad. I go get a dictionary. Start writing this book. You go to the law library. I know. I don't go to the law library. I go to the library. I get a book about writing books. I want to know the rules before I break them. Because uh, writing is it's a structure. You're free to be yourself within that structure. It's just like every house. They all built with the foundation, you know what I'm saying, and, and carpet and all that electricity is wires and stuff like that. So that's how it all starts, from the foundation. So I wanted to understand about writing. So I read about writing. I wanted to know, I knew I didn't write this, the King's language. So I had to figure out who I was speaking to. I knew my audience, who my audience would be. And, uh, my favorite book was Donald Goins, Black Girl Loss. Uh -huh. So I said to myself, I'm going to write a, a year, a year 99, 98, Black Girl Loss, the how I see it. Because, you know, I think if you've been hustling long enough, you've always seen that one girl, you're like, damn, that gives you pause. Yep. And be like, damn, what, what, what you doing out here? <laughs> you, you, you start, things start running through your mind. I could take her home. I could clean her up. Nobody going to know. That chick turned to me and she said, you gonna sell me the shit or what? I'm like, yo, okay. Mm -hmm. All that goes out the window. Because mm -hmm. it's all about a sale. Mm -hmm. And you start mm -hmm. realizing that what you're really out here for. But if you've been in the game long enough, you've seen that one chick. That's bad. Mm -hmm. And she ain't hit rock bottom yet. Mm -hmm. And you trying to see what's up. She's not someone you bring home to mama. Nah, nobody. But you're but you willing to. <laughs> so you get this pen in your pad. You get the pen in the pad. And I started writing the story the hard way. Going through the motions, building the paper. <laughs> so I had the audacity to show somebody. It wasn't ready yet. The food wasn't ready. I had somebody, I had the audacity to have somebody look at it. It was this other kid in jail. His name was Ohio. So I had him look at the book. He says to me, he said, uh, need to get a dictionary and a thesaurus. It was a couple of things I never questioned in my life. And, he, and what he told me was one of them. Hmm. I understood what he was saying clearly. I went to commissary, got a dictionary thesaurus, and I never looked back. So it was different versions of the book. So I was writing and, and, the. Uh, so, you know, just, and, and, I, I didn't, I, I was just, it's, writing is like an exercise, especially when you never did it before. Yep. So it wasn't like I was dreaming about this all my life. I kind of fell into it. It chose me. It came to me at the most loneliest time of my life. Hmm. Nobody was writing me, man. I just thought the world forgot about me. All the girls you did have when, you, when you're on the street, it's like they forget about you. They forget about the good things you do. They move on to somebody else. So I'm like, yo, I'm, I'm going to show y'all. So I had a little 
motivation. So I write the book. Uh, I let my man read it. And we, we just saw the philosophy. I never read his books because I didn't want to be the second him. I wanted to be the first me. So me and him would just talk books and book writing philosophy. He read my work, but I never read his because I thought as a new writer, I would be informative and I would be the second him. So You and Devon. Yeah, me and Devon. So he reads my book and he, he, and he discovered a big mistake that I made. He said, yo, where does God, where does character black come from? I, I, I brought him in like chapter 30 or maybe. He said, nah, you got to introduce him even before. So I read something in the, in the, book, in the, in the writing book that said absenteeism. When they have, have another character talk about the character. So when they see him, it's like, oh, oh. this the dude Joe was talking about. So that's what I, that's what I went and did, and I, and I overcome that mistake. But then I started letting people read it. So there was one kid, not too many people. So the guys in the prison yard, they told me, they said, they, they, it kind of <laughs> crushed me. They said, yo, we're going to have a book signing in the prison yard. You're going to sign your books over that garbage, and we're going to throw it in this garbage. Oh, shit. Oh, snap. Like, well, my thing was this. Like, that shit hurt me. That shit crushed me. But I laughed to keep from crying. I could have fought them, you know, but you know, I'd have been in my feelings. And, and they say, as they say in jail, we deal with men, not with feelings. Hmm. So I let it slide, but I internalized that. I said, I'm going to show you what I'm going to be. What I'm going to be is not up to you or me. It's up to my God and what I believe in. And I went back and I worked, I locked in and I wrote my book. How long did it take you? Like nine months, like the birth of a baby. You said you got headaches. Yeah, headaches. I went to sleep with headaches. How I'm going to get her out of this situation realistically? It's not just getting a character out of a situation just to get for the sake of getting out of this out of the situation. No, you want to get out of there realistically. You want to, you want your readers to relate to you. Because if you're anything like me, I would discard your whole book for the first mistake you make. I'm done. I'm done with you. Yeah, that's true. I'm done with you. So that was it for me, pretty much. And uh, I, it was this one kid who used to go to the library with me. We wasn't really friends, but we were friendly. Because in jail, you don't really have friends. Hmm. Have associations, you know what I'm saying? Alliances and legions. You build alliances and legions, just like survival. Hmm. So I said, yo, yo, Sheed, I want you to read this book I wrote. He said, yo, bring it down to my cell. Go down to the chair, bring it, before we lock in, bring it to the next morning, doors hit for breakfast. He come running up to me, he's excited. Come, yo, he said, this is his, this is the most important thing somebody ever said to me at that time. He said, yo, Shannon, you can get a couple of dollars with this. I said, huh? He thinks this about me and he's not my friend. Now, mind you, I was never writing to get published. I was writing to kill some time. Mm. And from that... No, you were writing because you thought you was better than Devon. <laughs> nah, I'm fucking with you. Nah, nah, okay, nah, yeah. nah. I, so, I would never know that. Yeah, yeah. yeah. So, so you, you, you writing to kill some time and somebody telling you, you can get a couple of dollars. Mm. The light bulb goes off in my head. Ching, ching, ching. Mm. So I immediately, uh, I, uh, I start uh, writing, writing uh, publishing houses. What you going to tell me, no? The answer is already no if I, if I don't ask. But if I ask, the answer might be yes. Now watch this older inmate take a shot in the dark. He said, sometimes you got to take a shot in the dark. You might hit something. Now, his shot in the dark was a legal technicality, and he went home a free man. Wow. Went to, I never saw him again. Just because he tried. And this was my shot in the dark, just writing somebody. So my man from Canarsie, 
Brooklyn. My man C had the uh, Feds magazine before they knew what it was, before they mm -hmm. could ban him and stuff. This is early in the game, right? He had the Feds magazine. Shout out to Twan, you know what I'm saying, Antoine Clark. So he had the, he had the Fed magazine, and it had Terry Woods' mailing address in there, P.O. Box. And who was Terry Woods? Terry Woods, who wrote True to the Game. So I wrote to her. I had 20 free envelopes a month. I'm not using mine. I ain't got nobody else to write. I'm writing companies. Wow. And to my surprise, she writes me back. Are you telling me you're in prison? Huh? You're telling me you're she in prison? She can see by the address and, 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 oh, and, and yeah. state ID number where I'm at. State Correctional Institution. And then you sending it with the book? No, I didn't send it out. I'm not that stupid. Okay. You just saying. <laughs> I sent it a filler. See who's going right back. Now they telling me bigger companies like, yo, we don't, we don't accept unsolicited manuscripts. Like, could you imagine how many people actually go to school for writing? How many people dream about this? And here it was, I fell into it? Okay. So I sent her the book. She she like, yo, send me yourself just send me a self-addressed envelope with the book. I said, yo, nah, I ain't gonna do that. This book is going one way from me to you. Cause I already knew I had it because the jails told me. Wow. Steel sharp and steels. And they would have loved nothing more than to tear me down. And when they couldn't, I knew I was ready to fly. It was undeniable. Yeah, it was just this was like, you can't stop. This is not my plan. The streets love me. Yeah. So once that happened, it was just the perfect storm. Like, that's why I say, it's sometimes it's not who you know, it ain't what you know, it's timing. And then I got out of jail. Okay, so what did the, what did the letters say to her when you first wrote her? Yo, I, but I basically described what the book was about. Okay. So that's called a synopsis. I wrote a synopsis in a cover. Synopsis. So, and then from that, she's going to figure out if she wants to read the book. So I must have did it very well, well written. And then she... Yeah, it wasn't like a lot of dudes in jail be like, oh, baby, I love you. What's up? Let me holler at you, blah, blah. I ain't do that. Like, she's a good-looking woman. Don't get me wrong. I was like, nah, we, you will fuck over there. I'm going to fuck over here, but let's get this money right here. Because mm -hmm. I did that in a drug game before. Mm -hmm. Fuck with a girl I want to post a fuck with. She got mm -hmm. the work now. Mm -hmm. She want to call the police. All type of dumb shit. You know mm -hmm. what I was when you met me. Mm -hmm. You know what I'm saying? So I said, nah, I didn't want to do that. And not to say that it, it did happen, but it was a possibility. We was in close proximity of each other. It could happen. So you, 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 so you don't send her the book? I, no, not at first. To, not until she contacts me back. And the mail comes under my cell. Then I sent it out. Okay. So by that time, I had already gave my father power of attorney. Wow. So my father actually signed my deal for me. And I got, I probably got like about $2,500, in jail while I was in jail. Dollar. So she gave me a $10,000 event. event. But she gave it to me in pieces. I got the first, I had, so I had commissary to the ceiling. Like, are you good, bro? You, what's up? You want something? What you mean? Yeah, right. At this point, is your book circulating in the jail? Yeah, I got so, copies. Everybody in the jail is reading your book. Everybody in the jail is reading my book. I'm coming through the child hall. And he like, oh, that's that man right there. I can see my, my, my peripheral, but I'm trying not to look at them. So I'm starting to get a little, you know, because it was dudes in jail, man. <clears throat> like we said, they're more talented than me. That can literally write circles around me. Wow. But when it was all said and done, I was that guy. Wow. I because my desire. Them dudes thought they wanted it. Me, I had to have it. Yeah. And I went at it. I went at success like that. Every day, all day, locking in myself. When they was walking around the yard, telling the stories and playing basketball, lifting weights, I was writing my book. Mm. While they wanted to talk about writing books, I was writing my book. Mm. Yo, this is a dope comp set. Yeah, yeah, yeah. 
but you're not writing it. When she sends you that advance, how much more time do you have left in jail? Um, coming home that year. So I came, when I came home, like about July or August, I came home August of 2000. Okay. So how many months is that before? A couple of months, maybe four or five months. Before you signed. So you signed in jail four or five months. You... So she, you know, she was, you know, getting, now the close I was getting to the door, she's like, yo, we gotta get this done. Cause she knew what I had. Mm. She knew she couldn't let me come out here and find my way. If I found you in jail, budget who I could find on the street. So we <clears throat> did the deal. But what was I going to do? Turn it down? So, <clears throat> excuse me. The initial deal was a five-year deal. And I said, I turned to my man that I first said, read the book. I'm like, yo, she want to sign me for five years. I don't know. Like, yo, that's a long time. He like, stupid, you just did five years. Uh, <laughs> I said, you, yo, you right. You're right. You see how people overthink things? Mm -hmm. But then when she came back, it was like a one-book deal with an option. So I would be a free agent after, after that time period. Oh, wow. Only thing she could do is match the offer. And I actually let her, in good faith, negotiate with her in good faith. Gotcha. But the so, book took on a life of its own. And it's the year 2000. It's the year 2000. So with sister, it's Terry Woods and Sister Soldier, and then it would be Shannon Holmes. How much did you come home to her? I didn't come home to the advance. I was still getting advance when I came home. Oh, okay. The book didn't hit shelves yet. Oh, it didn't hit shelves yet. No. It didn't hit shelves to that that following February. Okay. So it took about a couple seven, months. Seven, yeah, yeah, eight yeah, months. yeah. Because she was like, I don't know if I'm gonna keep being able to 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 to, to pay for your printing with true to the game money. Huh. But little did we know, it took on a life of its own. What? So my first check from her was like five thousand, fifty five hundred. And that was the lowest I ever got from her. And this was in the year 2000? Year 2001 now. So, so at the height of the book's success, how much money was in your account? 100000 I had 100000 next year home from jail. But we had generated 1.5 gross revenue. Break that down for the audience. Uh, 100000 is me. I'm getting, a, I'm getting a dollar a book. She's probably getting four to 5000 a book, so that's 500000 The 10 goes to... The retailers, the, uh, not, I'm gonna say, uh, Barnes and Nobles type, mom and pop stores. They get the most, you know, they got the overhead. Oh. So, really, so if we, me and her just got like five, and she's probably giving me a dollar out of her five, and the rest is going to them, because that's how, and then, you know, distributor gets a dollar. So all, he, all he's doing is really knowing who wants the book, knowing what books are to send it to. He's using his Rolodex, and he's adding, he's not even shipping it to him. He's making them pay COD for the book. That's right. <laughs> okay. What, how long from when you're, you, you get this $100,000, what are you thinking? Do you still think about the drug game? Do you still think about hustling? Or do you find the new drug, the new hustle in these books? Yeah, you still you still got dudes. Dudes is like, yo, why you driving this? You could be driving that. You know what I'm saying? Yo, we could we could flip this money. Oh I'm God. like, no, I got the name now. The dude in the back is now in the forefront. I got the name. I know what's gonna happen if this go left. I got three felonies, dogs. I know where I'm going. Mm. They put me underneath the jail, dog. Mm. I'm like, nah, I'm not doing that. So whenever we hustle. We learned that we learned what we were doing. And you know, if you wasn't trying to be a man, then what were you trying to be if you mm. was in the street? Mm. You wouldn't be a worker for, you know, I went from holding work or for stashing the work 
to holding the work, to, to busting sales, mm -hmm. to getting my own work. Mm -hmm. That's the natural progression of things. So immediately, when I get in that game, I'm looking like, oh, oh this, is, this, this is the profit margin you're making? Hmm. So I says one day, I says, yo, I want to start my own company. She like, uh, why you want to do that for? I just looked. That, that, I just got quiet and turned my head. Okay. So you know that was kind of the that was kind of the cracks in our relationship. It was like Kobe and Shaq. She cast a big shadow. Like I was I was Kobe, the new kid on the block, and she was Shaq, the established star. You wanted to win by yourself. So no, I want to know. Could could I lead the league in scoring? Yeah. But I can never lead the league in scoring with her around because the ball goes into her first, and she's Shaq. Shaq, that he can turn and take everybody, and he can, but he decides if he's going to kick it back out or not. Right. Think about it. Of course. So the ball was opportunities in this case, and depending if she was mad at me, then that's what it was. But, you know, that's what it was back then, but we have since, you know, but I got to tell the truth. We have since patched up our ways, but I got to tell the truth at that point in time. So it was a lot of frustration. She never worked with nobody. You know, I'm dealing with a woman, I'm dealing with emotion, I'm dealing with feelings. And I used to be like, yo, I wish she was a dude so we could just go outside and fight. Mm. Either you gonna respect me, I'm gonna respect you. It was heated like that where, to the point that people thought that we were involved. Mm. Like, nah. But you know, if you give people the power to feed you, you also give them the power to starve you. That's right. Always remember that, bro. So she was feeding me. So I always say in publishing, don't nobody got nothing on me but Terry Woods. She cut my checks. I never cut hers. Mm. Anybody else, I did it. Like, I really did it. Like, I went from her to a six-figure deal. You know what I'm saying? What she was mad about, but she told me I blew a deal for her. But I said, yo, you didn't... Six-figure deal with who? Simon & Schuster. One of the leading publishers in the world. Publishing giant. And they published your second book? Bad Girls. Okay, so, but her deal with you was for one book. Yeah. So you fulfilled that? Yeah. And then you left after the one book? I left after the one book deal. And she was I didn't, I didn't, I didn't, You know, our, our relationships got... Our, 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 our lines got crossed. It was just a whole bunch of... We probably could have worked it out, but she feeling herself. I'm feeling myself. Mm. Like, she like, I made you. I just didn't think that she... So any value in me, like I made you. I said, yo, you didn't even discover me. I discovered you. You didn't know I existed. I knew you existed. And that was my whole point even with the book. I was able to take my time and craft the best book I could because the world didn't know I existed. The world didn't know I was coming. I knew I was coming. Hmm. So I was able to sit back and think this book out. No pressure. I had failed at everything in my life. Oh. Drugs. If you go to jail, you fail. I don't care how much money you got. My man once told me, he said, Joe, if we get 100000 you go to jail, we failed. So this whole thing was keeping everybody out of jail and let's get money. You know what I'm saying? So that's, that's what it was, man. Like, me and her, our, our relationship just became, we just became, everybody got big-headed. You getting money, everybody, you getting money, I'm getting money too. Let's go back to that cell where you wrote the first book. Mm-hmm. Do you feel like prison helped you write that book and being free is more of like a distraction? It's more, it's, it's, it's things going on. You, in a cell, you have to sit down. No, you got I, nothing to do. I always say this about jail. In jail, you can be anything you want to be. You can be holier than thou. There is no temptations unless you like drugs or, or boys. 
if you're not dealing with those type of things, you have no temptation. So I didn't know, like you said, I was disciplined. I disciplined myself enough to sit in that cell, right? You know, but now here comes the test. I didn't think I was going to be a writer. Mm. So now they offer me these couple hundred thousand. It's a job now, buddy. Yes, it is. Game ain't over. I got this is how I feed my family now. You got to fulfill Game it. over. Yeah, I got to fulfill that contract. How much did they give you? Like uh, 300000 two-book deal. Wow. Yeah. Simon & Schuster. What'd you do with that? Bro. <laughs> Bro. Anyway, so listen. So yeah, so they, so they gave me the money and shit like that. So, you know, back to Terry and... She couldn't match that money. Mm -hmm. There's no way she could match that money. You know I mean, she could, but it would have been. It's bankrupt her. Yeah. It's bankrupt her. So she, she she signed off on me. I was getting agents calling my house. Like, yo, I'm like, yo, how you get your, how you get my number? They're like, yo, you're in the phone book. Like, I became like, this is me, this is just when the internet's coming out. Mm -hmm. I had Penguin Putnam. I had all these people like wanting to know who I was. Nobody, you gotta think back then, when in there first, it was no pictures. Mm -hmm. They thought, Terry was the boy and Shannon was the girl. Oh. So people shit. were writing me fan letters. Oh, girl, I love that book. You should have did that oh. shit to me. Yo, I would be in the car, me and my man, yo, read this. And we would just be cracking up like low down, dirty chain. They were like, yo, you gonna get yours? You shouldn't have did that shit to that boy. Like people really couldn't separate the book from the person. Oh. Like, yeah, I'm, surely my life is interwoven. My, when you write a book, your likes and dislikes come on paper. When you write a book, it's the ultimate challenge. It's you against yourself. Mm -hmm. I know when I want to go on. I know when I want to give up. So it's just, it, it's mental. It's a, it's a thousand percent mental. Mm -hmm. And that's what, that's what I love it. It's the thing I love about it. It's the thing I hate about it. It's the same thing, but you got to love it. Okay. So I remember you said uh, you went to Terry's house and the drapes caused more yeah, than your car. Yeah, so, yeah. At one point in time, that woman had drapes, not curtains, drapes that cost more than my car that I was driving. Right. So now you sign this, this big deal. You got some money in your pocket. What do you do with the money? I go get the, I go get what I want to get. I go, I go get the truck. I'm not a jewelry type of dude, though. Mm -hmm. I never want nobody to take my life what I got around my neck or my hand and stuff like that. So well, I the 90s and 80s was different times. Yeah. You couldn't but walk out with a gold rope. Why not? Chain. Back then? Yeah. I mean, unless you was ready. I mean, ready for war and shit. He like was that. getting money, so it really wasn't nothing to see somebody like yeah. like like that. You know okay. what I'm saying? And for it to be really authentic and all that type of stuff, yeah. like you know, yeah, somebody might have it on them, but right. it's like you know, like you want to tuck in your chain because yeah. you're going to the movies with okay. your girl. All right, it wasn't really like that back then. So you, you bought a truck. Yeah, I bought a truck. I bought a couple little things, you know. Mm -hmm. You know, I think I moved down south. A couple, couple things. You know what I'm saying? So, but they don't never give you that money all of them. Don't think they give it to you like a basketball player. Even basketball players get the old. They get it through a season, spread over the eighty-two I mean, games. It's better for you because you, yeah, they give you. The, it always you have to do the work. Mm. They'll have it built into your contract when you turn in this book. Uh, you get another fifty thousand wow. dollars when you turn. When That's we do the sentence. edits, when you do the edits, you get another fifty. So so you'll never be in Tahiti sipping martinis and Not you quite. haven't got they work. They haven't got they work. Mm -hmm. But I remember you know going to Simon and Schuster and seeing the production board. Going to my editors, Malika, Daryl, good, great. Like, I look up at her like my mother, beautiful black woman. And uh, I saw my name, I saw Walter Mosley's name, and I saw Wendy Williams. And that was like my first moment of awe. Hmm. Like, yo, what the fuck am I 
doing here? Mm. These are household names. Like Walter, Walter Mosey is a staple mm -hmm. in the literary field for the black community. Mm -hmm. So I'm like, damn, like, like really, like, I made it. I did it. You go on Wendy Williams? Yeah. I go on Wendy Williams. How much that cost you? <sighs> we can't talk about that. It cost a couple of dollars back then. It was some payola type stuff mm -hmm. under the table shit, but they'll never... They'll never, you know, yeah, no. admit to it. Yeah, she ain't on the air no more anyway. So awesome. you know what I'm saying? But you definitely gotta pay. And you don't and you don't even get on to that bread is in somebody's hand. Right. Uh yeah, bring him in. Right. Like literally, you got the club door, yeah. Bring yeah, but uh go to Wendy Williams and uh it's just like it was at, at the height of me and homegirls uh beef. disagreement. I wouldn't call it a beef. Okay. I didn't look up on my back. Mm -hmm. I didn't, you know. Look at my car on my back when I got in my car, thinking about Terry Woods. I didn't, I didn't think about her. It wasn't a beef. It was a, a verbal altercation, mm -hmm. a spat, mm -hmm. a squabble, perhaps, mm -hmm. but never a beef. Mm -hmm. Never. I mean, beef is when you were like, yeah, on site type stuff. So I didn't think of it like that. You know, we, we, you know, we had, we had gone to civil court and, and shit got ugly just between us, man. It was just like you got money, you know. And I just told, her, I said, when I, when coming for my money. When I get when I when, when I finish playing with this money, I'm coming for my money. And I told her that, you know what I'm saying. So that that was the, one of the unfortunate regrets that I have. I don't live with regrets because at one point in time, that's what I wanted. But if that relationship, being that she put me on, I don't feel it was a disloyal act because the way I was being treated and the way I was being talked to. You can't do that with a man. A man is like you know what I'm saying. At one point, especially a dude from the street, at one point in time, I was down to die for my respect. In jail, it's all about respect, bro. Like, I don't got a mark on me, man. Like, you know what I'm saying? Thank the Lord, you know what I'm saying? But it's all about respect, bro. You got to give it to get it. That's right. Or somebody going to take it. That's right. Mm. 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 So, in retrospect, you would have sort of bit the bullet a little bit to maintain a relationship? I, I would have, but I was just, I came fresh from these environments. Yeah. Will you offend me, we fight. I know. And since I couldn't fight you, I couldn't make you respect me, right. I decided to leave. Yeah. If you didn't appreciate me, like Hov says, said they made Hov, okay, make another Hov. So you, you went in civil court? Yeah, I won. How much? I, I got the settlement, uh, like a buck 20. Mm. Lawyers took half of that. But it was more about getting mm -hmm. your respect. Yeah, because you, you, you got to come at people with their respect. Killers mm. respect other killers. That's right. You know, police respect police. Mm -hmm. You know what I'm saying? And, and and you know, people who are doing wrong, they should respect lawyers. Or people, you know, in the legal field and, you know, entertainment, they respect lawyers. So. Okay, let's go back. What did uh, the Wendy Williams show do for your career? Uh, it, 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 it boosts me up a lot, but it almost, almost got me kidnapped. You know what I'm saying? So. Kidnapped? Yeah. Almost got me kidnapped. So, like, with this being more careful thing, you know, I've been through a lot. I've been through civil court. I've been through all spectrums of it, the court and the street shit. You know what I'm saying? So somebody tried to line me up to get me kidnapped. And they didn't really know who I was until I went on that show to them. It's like, oh, I didn't know you was that big. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Well, all they knew you was a woman. Yeah. I mean, the, she knew who I was because <laughs> she knew me. She was, you know, we were talking at one point in time. Did the celebrity go to your head? Of course it does. Man, I was flying chicks in and out. I, I had a hard time dealing with Frank. 
I'm gonna be honest. I fresh home from jail, you ain't sold your sour oats. I mean, your wild oats. You know what I'm saying? So yeah, of course it did. I was married and single at the same time. Wow. Yeah. He was married. Yeah. For how long? I like to say eight years, something like that. But it was, I was never really married. It was rocky from the get go. You know what I'm saying? You cheated the whole time. Of course. Of course I did. You know, you know. Sometimes you get this misperception. You think life is about because you come up in this certain culture where it's successful when you you successful in having a lot of girls. It's the thing. It's the norm. But you come from the streets to this. How does it even last eight years? How old the norm? Because you know, dudes they see we cheat sloppy, bro. Mm-hmm. Notes in your pocket, messages, and, mm-hmm. and stuff like that. We cheat sloppy. Women, when they check out silently, man, they don't, you don't even know. They just gone. Mm. No sex. Mm. Start sleeping on the couch. Mm. The conversation's no conversation. Mm-hmm. She don't care when she coming in. And I can remember, I was like, yo, you want me to go? She was like, yeah. I said, whoa. So and I kind of learned something. I knew this before, though. Never ever ask a question you really don't want them to answer. Mm-hmm. I asked that question and I had to go. You got kids? Yeah, I got two kids to her. Two kids? Two daughters. I had them back to back to the same person. I figured that that would make my life less complicated. Did it? You like the discipline? Nah, I mean, I don't have to. I had good kids, man. I ain't never had to beat them. Well, no, I said you like the discipline as far as being committed to one woman. Yeah, like, you know, when you're young, you, you think it's one way, but it's actually, you want that one, man. You don't want many. You want one. Mm-hmm. If you can get one, but you got to get everything you need in one. Because if, if it's going to set you possible. up to go out, and then why even do it to her? Like, you know, you, as you mature, you understand this. That's right. But me coming home from jail, I didn't understand How that, old were you? Bro. How long did I came from jail? How old were you at that time? 30. 30 years old. 30 years old, bro. 30. Started late having my kids and... You know, my child, when I woke up in jail, my childhood peers in their childbearing years starting families and having mortgages, and I was in jail doing push-ups. That's right. And it just, when that, when, when that really took hold of me, I was like, damn. And this is when I said to myself, man, I'm going to treat this, I'm going to treat this, 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 this book thing like I treat the streets, give it the same energy and effort all day, everything, and see what happens. And it took me across the country. What was the hardest part about marriage for you? Huh, being faithful, of course. I wasn't ready for marriage. I only got married because I had, you know, I had daughters. If I had a boy, I probably would have never got married. You'd have to man up. But I come from marriage. So I feel like if you come from a a broken home, it's easy for you to break a home. If if marriage is all you saw, that's what you want to see. My brothers were married at the time. So it was like, this is what I thought I was supposed to do. But, you know... And it was just, it's, it's a lot of that. I take a blame for a lot of that was, was on me because I didn't lead her right the way she needed to be led. And I, I was older than her, so I got to take the blame on a lot of stuff. But it comes down to you did this and you did that. You start pointing fingers. Like, you mm. know what I'm saying? You did, you did too much to go on, not enough to go back. Mm. That's what it be, man. It be too late when retrospect to you sitting in that room going through it. Mm. Your mother, she goes from being so disappointed in you for not being home um, after you passed that city exam to now her son is a bestseller. 
how did that relationship change? Or how did the way she viewed you change? Uh, my mother always supported me do all my bits. So like, you know, she was always the one person you can't count on as moms. Like, Same. you know, I, she can't divorce me, I can't divorce her. I'm always gonna be my son, I'm always gonna be her son and she's always gonna be my mother. Our relationship ain't really changed, but you know, my mother speaks a lot. So she was, you know, you know, bigging me up a lot. Of course she was, she was proud of me. Like, you know, like I can remember my uncle telling me, man, I thought you'd be the one to make it. Cause I had the best chance out of all my brothers. Cause out of six of us. Wow. So after everybody left the nest, it's me and my twin sister. And a twin sister. Never twin sister. Shannon and Shanta. That's why he thought the name. So the name. A lot of people don't know that. Only people who went to school with me, who live in my area, they know. Okay. But a lot of people like literary outside of this. Yeah, I got a twin sister. Okay. Yeah. So. So he said he thought that you. Yeah, I would be the one to make it, and I said, yeah, I did. Just a whole lot. It's a whole lot of years later. Than anybody thought I would. Hmm. You know what I'm saying? Because well, you gotta understand what's your definition of success? Mm -hmm. And your definition of success lies within you. Mm -hmm. It doesn't lie within anybody else. How do you come up with these characters? How do I come up with my characters, man? You know, I think they gotta resonate with you. They sometimes they be people close to you. Yeah. You know what I'm saying? People you saw in your walk, in walks of life. Like people think that, you know, you really make people up. Nah, you just seen these people. Mm. Like black, like black, for instance, the character, lead character, be more careful, black. So I'm sitting there, I'm writing, I'm in the day room, whatever, writing on the tear. And this kid, I looked up on the tear, and I see this kid cursing this dude out. Blah, 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 like B rating. I'm like, yo, like that's a no no in jail. He's supposed to throw hands with him, but he's not. He's just letting this dude, he, he must be scared of him. And I'm like, yo, if he ever talked to me like that, be fighting. And uh, I said, oh, his, his name was Black. I said, damn, that's it. I got it. Because my names for my characters, they have to resonate with me. I have to give them a first and a last name. I want them to be people. They're, mm. they're actual people to me. Mm. You know what I'm saying? I want to give them characteristics and traits of real people. And by doing so, you get closer to your reader. Like, oh, I know somebody just, just like, like that. You ever confuse your, your books? The stories in your books were real life. Never confused them with real life. I lived them. So it's like, it was real I'm real close to like each of them. It's like a baby to me. You know what I'm saying? It was my babies before I had babies. How many books did you write? Eight. Eight books? Yeah. And what would you say the cumulative success of all of these books are? Work. What do you mean by that? Well, how much money do you think you gross for everything all together? I don't know because, you know, when you do those deals, bro, I might not never see another dime because of the, the rate I have to recoup yeah. that return back. Yeah. You know what I'm saying? They might have gave it to me in dollars, but I might be getting four cents a book. Five. I'm not that low. I'm just saying, right, right, just right. to say, you know what I'm saying? Right. So you just never know. And these people are in the game for the long run. They're not in the game for the short run. When you that's ashes to ashes and dust to dust, when I'm ashes to ashes and dust to they dust, still they'll still be putting my books out with a new cover to a new generation. So in a sense, like you... You know, you feel like you immortalize yourself. I put my mark on the footprint of the sand, bro. Like, people oh. gonna know that Shannon Holmes lived long after I'm dead. They gonna know I lived, breathed, and I had thoughts. Hmm. You know what I'm saying? How do you think that way with the podcast? I mean, because when you're in the street, you, you gotta come, you come face to face with, more t more t with your own mortality every time one of your friends die, every time one of your rivals die. It crosses your mind, so... When I was in there, I was like, damn, my mama gonna die without no kids? 
You know oh. what I'm saying? I was the last person in my family, my immediate family, to have kids. Oh. I didn't even know if I could have kids. Oh. To tell you the truth, maybe I was messing with the wrong girls. It wasn't fertile enough. Who knows? Maybe I wasn't fertile enough for them. Who knows? But you're faced with that mortality, like, damn, dog, this is how it's going to end for me? When did you drop out of school? Did you drop oh, out? Oh, yeah, did I did drop. Hell yeah, I dropped out of school. I dropped out of school in, like, 10th grade. 10th grade. Dropped out of school to sell crack cocaine in Washington, D.C. And I was on the next school. The, the next day, my father was like, you either going to work, go to school, but you're not laying up in here. You're going to go. So my father's very, very old school, military man, disciplinarian. He put hands and feet on people. He worked transit. He's always worked transit in the 70s and the 80s when it was real wild. And he's always fighting somebody. You know what I'm saying? My he's mama, a big dude, too. Yeah, my father's a big guy. I remember my father smacked me so hard that he punched me. I was like trying to shake it off. I said, what I do? I knew what the fuck I did. Mm -hmm. Something in school. My father didn't play about school. Like, I always say like certain things was automatic ass whoopings. If that fucking teacher called home and said she wanted to have a meeting with my father and my father had to take off from work, that was automatic ass whooping. Mm -hmm. My father did not stop coming to school for me till I dropped out of school. But he was at every parent-teacher conference night. Mm -hmm. I'll go. And you know how the next, after, you know how that went after the next, at, at the next day when I came to school? My seat was now assigned to the front yep. instead of the back. So yep. it, 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 it was we that. So it was never like my parents' fault that I chose that life. I chose the whole different right on myself. Like I said, the crack game came. I was infatuated. I became suddenly infatuated by the street. But at eight years old, everybody thought I was going to the military. I come from a military family. My two brothers and my father, they all served in the military. You know what I'm saying? So it was almost expected of me to go to the military. But I knew at eight years old that I wasn't going because oh. I didn't like my father's orders. I couldn't, I couldn't understand nobody else, nobody else yelling in my face and screaming in my face. So I knew I wasn't going to the military. I was dead set against it. Did you fight a lot in prison? Nah, I didn't really have too many fights, man. I didn't really have too many fights. I had a fight with this one kid, though. He was mad because, you know, you, you be talking like, you know such and such girl? Yeah, what's fucking up? Yeah, what's up? He ain't like that. And so after that, he was like, uh, he was like, uh, 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 he started throwing shade towards me. So one day I'm on the phone, he's like, you got like five minutes on the phone. I turned my, my head the other way, and then I just snuffed him. He was like still in my space. Boom! And we just started fighting. You know what I'm saying? I didn't really have too many fights. I didn't hang with the tough guys. I hung with the funny dudes. Mm. I wanted to laugh my time away. Mm. You know, I'm kind of funny, so, you know, fake funny, I call myself. I'm situational funny. <laughs> nah, but I just met some dudes in prison that, you know, why hang around the tough guys? I'm trying to go home, man. Niggas always trying to get into something or, you know, a flex. I, I never understood that prison mentality where you come to jail and you want to be somebody, dog. I want to be somebody in the world where it counts. Oh. I didn't understand that, oh, because my number's older than yours, that I'm, you know, I've been here or I've run there. I didn't understand that mentality. Oh. Hmm. Jail is, you know, jail just breeds, breeds a different kind of mentalities and it's all type of, you got to navigate, you know, these, all these personalities, the dude up top of you, the dude to the left of you, the dude to the right of you, or he's not a morning person. You got to act like you don't even see this nigga at child because he ain't going to speak. Now, afternoon, this nigga's the friendliest motherfucker. You might, y'all, what's up, nigga? Yeah, you see the game? Hmm. So you guys gotta navigate all the, and it makes you like, it makes you like a psychologist type shit, bro. Mm -hmm. <laughs> yeah. And you got, you got uh, real world experience. Yeah. 
dealing and, and even in being close proximity, being yeah. in a cell with a person, bro. I yeah. was in a cell with white white boys before. Never had a problem. Spanish dudes never had a problem. Like out of town, I don't know about New York. They don't probably don't house you like that. Mm-hmm. But out of town, they do. And you're also not the smallest guy in the world, so yeah, you probably don't. But I wasn't always like that coming in uh, coming into jail. Like, okay. yeah. All right. Um, you got a movie coming out. Yeah, movie coming out uh, September fourth on Tubi. Be more careful. It's an adaptation from the book. So what can we expect? Oh, you can expect a production. I. Experience. I experience a lot putting that production together. Like, and like I said, people will make your dreams seem so far off, and it's just so disheartening. People project their fears on you. That's but right. you can't do that till you do it. Now, now it's like, oh, well, people want to be a part of your situation when you ain't make me a part of yours. Right. Like, if you would have made it easy for me, I would have made it easy for you. That's right. You want to help help somebody. I, I don't find it like, but us as a people, black people, we hoard information mm-hmm. and we hide stuff. Bro, I'm not gonna let Chris Dow get to it. I don't get that. Like, mm-hmm. when I walked through those doors, when I got those deals, I was your help with the paperwork. Look at it. I'll give you a copy of my contract mm-hmm. and let you see it. Because it meant nothing to me. Mm-hmm. I, I didn't fear you being bigger than me. I always felt like, yo, I could help my man get on, then that, I'm that much more powerful. I got that much more leverage. Yep. They don't see it like that. They just like, nah, I can't, I can't let them. I never was on it like that, bro. Always, always trying to think like, what if I wasn't me? What if I wasn't a pioneer? Was it, what if I wasn't walking through those doors first? How would I want, you know, so anybody that really come to me for information, I give it to them, bro. If I can point you in the right direction, I, yo, go that way, yo. I'm going to tell you, set you up with this guy, this printer, whatever. What's next for you? What's next for me? I want to do all my movies. I want to turn all my books into movies as well as do some other people's books that, because it's not, this game is, it's very expensive. It's not like, it's not like books and publishing, man. You know what I'm saying? Uh-huh. It's, it's taking a couple of dollars. And, you know, even the time to recoup the money is, you know, the ROI, the return of investment. Of course. It can be lengthy at times. So I just want to perfect my craft and just go down the road, just go down the, go down the line producing my content. Something you would tell your younger self. Huh? What's something you would tell your younger self? I don't know. Like, Maybe man, I would tell, if I was somebody, there was one thing I don't believe in this, but if was one thing I would tell my younger self, like, I would tell myself, my mother always told me this, your friends ain't your friends. Oh. I, 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 that was the, one of the misused words in my vocabulary. Friends and love in the human history. And my, I had those type of parents, like, if they ain't by, if they ain't by that, don't bring that shit in here. Who bike is that? My friends, as soon as you finish eating, you take that shit right back to your friend's house. You know mm-hmm. what I'm saying? So a lot of dudes that I, I walked to school with, that I may have even fought for. Because mm-hmm. it, it wasn't gangs. It was crews. Mm-hmm. I understand why people are attracted to, to gangs. Because the streets are open 24-7. Yeah. Schools ain't open 24-7. Streets is always open and embracing and loving you. But they don't give you the real. So I, I think I would tell myself, man, it, it's more about friendship. A lot of them dudes was fake, and, and I, I, you know, I really had genuine love for them. So I found out otherwise. When you, when, when they up, it's something different. When you up, when I got up, when the kid from the back came to the forefront, oh yo, we can go start bidding wars, so we can, nah, nigga, we not messing with them good white people, nah, we not. Because when all, when the pieces of my career all fell down, I'll be left. To pick them up and they would be gone because this is not what they do. 
When do you feel like that happened? I didn't even get to see people until I, you know, until I got older. And when I got in a position, when I came to the forefront, nobody ever came and said, hey, Shannon. No, my question is, when do you feel like your career started to decline? Ah, uh, when the decline of, uh, with the internet happened. Everybody's career started to, to decline with the book sales. Yeah, Amazon put a lot of, put things out of business. Wow. Drug stores, mom and pop stores. Yep. Come on, Amazon. When a conglomerate comes together like the way we've never seen that, it was over because that mom and pop store can only stay open so long, right? That's right. Amazon's open 24 hours a day, seven days a week. Oh. And if you got Amazon Prime, you can have it tomorrow. So that declined the book sales. That declined the book sales. And, and, and it was a, it used to be a sprint. Now it's a marathon. It's a marathon. It's, it's a war of attrition that everybody's not going to be able to, with the, with the natural progression from books to uh, film, everybody's not going to be able to afford it. Like, I've had people who try to give me, I've had deals. Carmelo Anthony, I just had that deal. And I thought that me and him would go a little further. And that didn't happen. But I had deals way before. I had dudes try to backdoor me, try to get me to sign. And I look at it. I don't never look at a deal from the perspective of what I'm going to get now. I look at the deal, what's going to bring me later. You sold the rights to all your books? No. You I still own them. All of them? Yeah. So you still get residual? I mean, it depends on the recruitment rate. Yeah. Some of them I do, some of them I don't. Gotcha. When I sign them, you sign those big deals, bro, they... Yeah. I might not see it. My kids' kids might see it, though. Good. You know what I'm saying? We might see what we what we going to see. What's something that you want to leave the audience with? What's something that you would tell a young writer, somebody in jail, somebody that's giving up all hope, somebody that wants to be inspired, that needs to hear... Your story, what? what you Yo, saying? I would say, believe you, dare to believe, man. Dare to dream your dream, man. Uh, people didn't believe in me, and they're not supposed to. I didn't understand that. It was my dream. When it's your dream, and you're supposed to believe in you, you gotta believe in you. And I would just have the audacity. I had the audacity to 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 sit on my bunk and say to myself before I knew what an affirmation was. And write my name, sign my name over and over on a yellow legal tablet and go down and say to myself, yo, one day I'm going to be famous. One day I'm going to be famous. One day this signature is going to mean something to somebody. And that's what, then I sign my name the way I watched my father sign checks for the bank. He write a big R and a big H. I saw my shit, big S, and the big H. He probably don't know that, but he know it now, but, you know. This is Traveling Anonymous. My name is Chris Davs. Let's get it.